Let's head into today's service recorded live on November 11th, 2018. I can't even begin to tell you. It is just so incredibly wonderful. And this life path that we have begun, this new way of going into membership, we're, we're trying to hone it in. We're trying to make it to be really, really life-giving for everybody. And it's moving. We're moving forward. So that is really exciting to me. And in the midst of all of the excitement that I have with some of these things, I've got also have this passion that's just stirring in me. A stirring in me just like it did six years ago. Six years ago, I had open heart surgery and my whole life was changed. And there was a stirring in my heart then and the exact same stirring is happening right now at this particular moment, at this particular season of our church. And that stirring is for people, for people who are far from God. My heart is stirred for lost people, wanting them to know Jesus and all that Jesus has done for every one of them. It's one of those things that is on my mind continuously. No matter where I go, no matter what I do, I have a thought on my mind of that individual, that car speeding by me, whoever the people may be. I just wonder if they know Jesus yet. I wonder if they know how close to eternity that they really are. It's one of those things that just stir on the inside of me. It's in my mind all the time. I wonder what's in your mind. I wonder what's in your mind. A few months back, um, Luke had approached the trustee board and let them know that we needed a couple of new cameras. The ones we had were sort of outdated, and we, we, we want to move forward with our technology. And, and so, the, of course, they gave the green light, gave him X amount of dollars to go and buy a couple of cameras, and he ended up doing that. Go get what you need, and, and Luke does a great job. He's, he, he just covers every base, crosses every T, dots every I, does a great job. And uh, so he goes out and does some shopping. Question is... Wouldn't it be really, really cool if you could find a camera and all you have to do is to point that camera at an individual and you would be able to read what's on their minds. And not only could you read it, but you could put it up on the three screens that are behind me right now. Wouldn't that be cool? Anybody want to give it a shot this morning? Anybody want to come up here and let us read your mind and put it on the screens? I'm just kidding. We, we don't have that. We, do buy, we did buy new cameras, but there's no such technology. It's, it's not happening at all. I'm just sort of using this as an opener as we're going into this message today. I, I do think it would be pretty cool, but anyhow, we, we don't have anything like that. But a question that I do have, and I'm getting back to being serious, and that is, what is on your mind? What are you thinking about? The Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, there are seasons to our lives. There are seasons, all kinds of seasons. And so I would just want to use that and say to you, I, I think whatever's on your mind right now is whatever the season of life that you're in. So maybe, just maybe, the season of your life is, is that you just met a new guy or a new gal and there's a relationship starting to happen there and that's on your mind a lot. Or maybe you're thinking about your spouse or your kids or, or maybe that little new bambino that's going to be born here in a couple of months. You know, you're, you're thinking about that all, all the time. Or, or maybe you're somebody who's thinking about your job or your business. Maybe, maybe some of you, it's your health. Whatever may be going on on the inside of you, you may be thinking a lot about your health or school or college, wherever, whatever it is that you're doing. There are seasons of life and we have our thoughts toward them. And I wonder, what are you thinking about? What's on your mind? What is on your mind? If we had a camera like I just talked about and I was able to, Focus in on Jesus. I wonder what would be on Jesus' mind. If we, were to, if we were to be able to make that, all of a sudden, this would pop up. This is what Jesus is thinking about. 
Uh, I, I, wonder, I wonder what Jesus would be thinking about. What would be on his mind? Well, I know, I know, hands down, no doubt, that what would be on Jesus' mind would be people. It would be people. People were always on the mind of Jesus. Everywhere that Jesus went, everywhere that Jesus went, everything that Jesus did, Jesus had people on his mind, other people on his mind. And I think I can prove that to you this morning in this quick message. Go with me to Mark chapter six, verse 34. It's gonna be projected behind me if you don't have a smartphone or whatever to be able to do all of this so you can follow along. So bear with me as I go through some of these things to prove to you that people are on the mind of Jesus all the time. Um, it, it says in, in Mark chapter six, verse 34, and when Jesus, uh, and Jesus, when he came out and saw a lot of people, he saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them because they were like a sheep, not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. This is said of Jesus over and over and over again that he would see the crowds, he would see people, and he would be moved with compassion. He would be moved with compassion. Why? Because Jesus loved people. Jesus loved people. He would come out and he would see these huge crowds and he would just be moved with compassion. Let's fast forward. Let's go to the cross. Let's go to the worst day of Jesus' life, him being on the cross. Do you know that while Jesus was on that cross, Jesus had people on his mind? In fact, he had his mother on his mind. Think about this with me if you would. Jesus, has, Jesus had his mother's welfare on his mind, and Jesus, on the cross, said to John, take care of my mom. Take care of my mother. And it doesn't end there. It didn't end there like that for Jesus. Um, as far as I'm concerned, as far as I'm concerned, the last 18 hours of Jesus' life, he He's just been arrested, he's been beaten, he's been bruised to an inch of his life. And then he ends up being nailed on the cross and the pain and the agony of that alone, of that alone should cause Jesus to be nothing but delusional, but he's not. He has his mother on mind. Jesus had his mother on his mind. And again, it, it doesn't end there. We find in Luke chapter 23, Jesus is on the, on the cross and the, there were two criminals on either side of Jesus. One criminal begins to mock Jesus, makes fun of him being on the cross. If you, if you are who you say you are, come and rescue all of us. But the other criminal turned and looked to him and began to rebuke him. Go with me to Luke 23. Luke 23. This is all happening while Jesus is on the cross. And it says this, Luke chapter 23, beginning at verse 40. But the other answered and rebuked him, saying... Do you not even fear God, seeing that we are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man, this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you enter into your kingdom. And all of us know that Jesus said, don't worry about it. Today you're going to be with me in paradise. Listen, listen. You talk about a last minute deathbed conversion. This guy is on a cross next to the Son of God, and he had the wherewithal to at least proclaim him to be Lord and to be Savior. Remember me when you enter into your kingdom. Um, and uh, I, I just sit back and I think about Jesus even thinking about the criminal, because he had the criminal on his mind. Today, you will be with me in paradise, is what Jesus says. Let me go one step further with the cross. Jesus has a famous prayer that he prays on the cross. 
because there were a group of men who were nailing him to the cross, who were doing all kinds of despicable things. And Jesus is there uh, 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 on the cross and he prays a very famous prayer that probably almost all of us know. And it would be something like this, Father, forgive them, say it with me, for they do not know what they do. He had even them on his mind. It is just absolutely incredible. People were always on the mind of Jesus, but why? Three reasons why. Three reasons why we're gonna talk about today. Reason number one, the heart of the Father. The reason why Jesus always had people on his mind was because of the heart of the Father. Jesus knew the heart of the Father better than anyone else ever has. Jesus knew that the heart of the Father, and he wanted to bless and honor his Father, and he decided that in his ministry, he would be reaching people. He would reach people. He would reach people that his Father loved. Wherever Jesus went, Wherever Jesus went, he was trying to reach people, no matter who they were. Everywhere that Jesus went, he would focus on people, all kinds of people. He would do that so much so, every time that Jesus thought the religious leaders of the day, in my opinion, they're hypocrites, but the, the religious leaders of the day, the religious people of the day, the Pharisees, the religious, religious leaders, every time that Jesus thought those religious leaders, that they were placing a higher value on something Rather than on someone, Jesus would pretty much get up in their face and begin to rebuke them. He would begin to tell them things that would help them to understand. You know, you're all about the law, but I'm all about people. And you need to understand that. Even the Pharisees, they would catch an attitude, excuse me, even the disciples, the followers of Jesus would sometimes catch an attitude themselves. And one time, Jesus was denied passage to go through Samaria. And the reason is, is because he was a Jew and there was an issue between the Jews and, and the Samaritans. But anyhow, uh, the disciples said to Jesus, and I'm thinking that they're rather pious and are being, uh, maybe even using a thou or the, you know, some of the original King James version when they would talk to Jesus and say what they said. But they said to Jesus, do you want us to call down fire on them, Jesus? And then Jesus looked at them and Jesus said, in essence, he says this, you obviously don't know your, your father's heart, do you? Because that's not at all the Father's heart, to call fire down on people. That's not who he is, and that's not what he would do. Jesus in Luke chapter 15, another story, Jesus in Luke chapter 15, actually he tells three stories that are all parables. In case you don't know what a parable is, a parable is a make-up story with a spiritual truth to it. So even though it's, it's, it's a make-up story, there's something of truth that Jesus or the Bible is, is bringing to light for us. So this is, this is a parable. And again, it's three stories of three things that were lost. Lost coins, lost, lost sheep, and a lost son. And here is what preceded this whole story. Go with me to, to uh, 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 Luke chapter 15, beginning with verse 1. Luke chapter 15, beginning with verse 1. I love this. Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. Did you hear that? Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. The scripture is talking about here are, here are these sinners, vile whoever they may be, and they want to hear what Jesus has to say. Look at the next verse, in verse 2, completely the opposite. And the Pharisees, who are supposed to be religious people, who are supposed to be God people, the Pharisees and the scribes complain, saying, this man, Jesus, this man receives sinners and eats with them. So, they, so he spoke to them the parable. He ends up speaking to it. He, they're making a point here. In other words, the religious leaders are being nothing but religious. All the while, Jesus is hanging with people. Okay, he's hanging with sinners. They're right. He is hanging with sinners. 
But the Son of God is there with the sinners. He's with them. Not only did Jesus love to hang with sinners, but sinners loved to hang with Jesus. Think about that with me. It says right here in verse one, it says that they, they wanted to draw near to Jesus to hear what he had to say. I say it again, not only did Jesus love to hang with sinners, but the sinners loved to hang with Jesus. They wanted to hear him. They wanted to know what he would say. So Jesus tells the religious hypocrites, he says, so with all, uh, in, in, uh, uh, he says these words to them, he says, with all of your learning, you don't have a clue, do you? You don't have a clue. Your strict religion is not of my father. It's just not the way God works is what Jesus is saying. He says, I'm here, I am here, I am the second, he doesn't say these words, I am here, I am the second person of the Godhead. But he says these words, I'm meeting with people. I'm meeting with people, I'm talking with people. I'm trying to help people, whoever they may be. The kingdom of God is not all about rules and regulations. The kingdom of God is about people. Come on, give me an amen. That's what the kingdom of God is about. So much so, so much so. So Jesus now goes in to tell them the parable that we were talking about in the beginning of this, of this portion of the message. Now, again, a parable is not a true story, but it has a spiritual truth in it. So they talk about the parable <clears throat> of lost coins, lost sheep, and a lost son. And how everybody rejoices when they would find those things that they've lost. And then Jesus goes on to say something like this. Listen, listen to me, he says. The lost coins, the, 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 the lost sheep, the lost son is really important and you need to celebrate when that happens. And then he says, but I'm telling you. He concludes by saying, I'm telling you that all of heaven rejoices over one person, one person that repents. Go with me to Luke chapter 15, verse seven. Let me just read it to you. Jesus says, and I say to you that likewise, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner over one sinner who repents than the 99 just persons who need no repentance is what the Son of God says. So what to me, what is so cool about this particular verse is that God is not just about people. You are people in this room. But Jesus cares about the person. Jesus includes every person and each and every one of you are a person that make up people and so the scriptures let us know that that God is not just about people but Jesus is about every person including you and including me Jesus knew his father loves people the second reason the second reason why people are always on the mind of Jesus point number two is because of the reality of eternity the reality of eternity Jesus knew the reality of eternity better than anyone else has ever known he knew it the best. The Bible is loaded with a lot of scriptures. It's, it's crystal clear throughout the Bible. There is much said in the Bible about heaven and about hell, about eternal life and about the judgment of God. So Jesus sums all of that up. He sums all of that with, with Jesus talking about a sinner and believer found in Matthew Chapter 25, Matthew chapter 25, verse 46. Listen to what Jesus says. And all these will go away. He's talking about the sinners and he's talking about the, the, the believers. All these will go into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. And then, then Jesus says, to prove his point, then Jesus goes immediately into another story as you would continue to read that chapter. He goes into another story about eternity. And this is not a parable. What Jesus is talking about right now, this is a real thing. This is a real story with real people involved with it. So Jesus, uh, he, he tells a, a story of a real man who is actually in hell. Actually in hell. This is what the story is about. Again, this is a true story about 
eternity. And he tells this real story about this man who actually is in hell. Talks about there's a certain rich man and there's a certain beggar. Again, it's all true. It's real people. The beggar dies and is buried. And the Bible says that angels came and carried the beggar away, carried him over into the bosom of, of Abraham. And then he goes on to talk about the rich man who dies and he's buried. And he ended up in torment. It says in the Bible, Hades, but I like to say the word hell. He was in hell. Well, that's just the way your pastor is. So love him or hate him, whatever. But you can say Hades if you want, but I'm going to say hell every time. Anyhow, anyhow, anyhow. It's a powerful moving story. And it's, it's true. It's a true story that Jesus is talking about. And so the rich man, he calls, he calls across a gulf that's between them. And he calls off over to Abraham. And he says these words in Luke chapter 16. Then he, this is the guy, this is the rich man who's in hell, who's in Hades at this point. And he cried and said to the father, he said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus. That is the poor man that was there. Send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger into the water and cool my tongue. For I am tormented in the flame. Abraham basically said to the rich man something like this. In your lifetime you had a lot of good things. But you had no heart toward God at all. You had no heart toward God. You were caught up into your things. You were caught up into this world. You were caught up into the things of this world. No heart toward God. And he's suffering. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus also says these words. Matthew chapter 7. Jesus says, enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many, there are many who go by it. Because narrow is the gate. Difficult is the way that leads to life, and there are few that find it throughout human history. There are few who find that. Jesus walked around more than anyone, more than any other religious person, talking about the impending eternal destination and judgment for every person that's ever born. And by the way, that includes you, every one of you, every one of you and me, every one of you listening to the podcast. It involves both of us. And Jesus talked a lot about eternity without God, and Jesus talked about a lot about eternity with God. And it comes right down to your choice. You choose whether you want to spend eternity with God or you want to spend an eternity without God. My plea, my prayer, my hope is that you would want to go with God and not against him. And if you and I really believe all that Jesus had to say about this, then that, of course, should change you and I. I think we would live differently and I think we would talk differently to other people, especially those that we know and love so very much. I think it would change us if we really believed that there is an eternity that Jesus would teach about. Because even we as Christians sort of have a lax attitude toward that whole truth. But the reality is, is that there is a real heaven or hell. It took me 37 years. It took me 37 years of praying and talking and loving and serving. It took me 37 years of being the best son-in-law I could possibly ever be. And it was right after his major heart attack that my father-in-law had. His name is Ted. I called him Pa. But it was right after his heart, major heart attack that he had. And the doctors were convinced at Upstate that he wasn't going to make it. So they called us in. It was a Sunday morning. I ended up being late coming in here because I think I had Claude preach. I, I can't remember what happened, but it's a few years back. And, uh, and, and it would be myself and Marianne and my daughter-in-law, Jill. The three of us were in the, in the waiting room just before he was going into surgery. 
My father-in-law resisted God for 37 years. He always had a reason and an excuse why not to believe. And so on this particular day, there was another man over on a bed over here, and my father-in-law was up against the wall over here, and I got right down. He was hard of hearing. So needless to say, because he was hard of hearing, he would have to pray real loud too. And so I said to him, I said, Pa, I said, you're probably not going to make it. You need Jesus. I've been talking to you about him for years. You need Jesus. If, when, when you die, you need Jesus in your life, in your heart. Pa, are you ready? Are you ready right now to pray, to receive Jesus? Yes. <laughs> and I said, okay, well, I, I, I'm going to pray a prayer, and I want you to pray it with me. Will you do that? Yes. Dear Lord Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus, I mean, he went through the whole prayer like that. The, I think the guy over here got saved as well who was in the other bed. <laughs> Took him through the whole thing. And he gave his life to Jesus. And when he died in his sleep a couple of years back, and I think it was December 4th, four years ago, five years ago, when he went, went home to be with the Lord, he was somebody who had received crisis 37 years. The moral of the story is don't you ever give up. Don't you ever give up on that family member and that friend and that co-worker and that classmate in school. Don't ever, don't ever give up. The third reason why Jesus had people on his mind everywhere he went is number three and the last and final point is because God uses people to reach people. God uses people to reach people. God knows the potential of people. Hang with me just for a couple more minutes as, as we dig into this last part of the message as I begin to close off. Go with me to Luke chapter 19, beginning at verse 5. This is incredible. To me, it's incredible. And the song we sang, the last song is just <laughs> so good. And uh, when Jesus came, the Bible says, and when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus. A lot of us know about Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they, the religious leader, but when they saw it, they all complained saying, he has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Yes, he did. And he is such a good, good God, is he not? Do you realize, let me just say this for a moment. Do you realize how radically inclusive Jesus was? Think about this with me. Think These are religious leaders. They had a lot of pull, a lot of authority. A lot of people were scared to death of those guys. But not Jesus, the Son of God. Because he knows the Father and he knows the Father loves people, no matter who they may be. So do you realize how radically inclusive Jesus was, Jesus was to all people? To the poor, to the rich, to the men, to the, to the women, to the young, to the old, to the, to the good and to the bad. How Jesus was inclusive to, to the well-known or even the forgotten, the hurting the children that would need to be raised from the dead like Jesus did with Jairus' daughter. Or like the widow who lost her only son and raised him back to life as well. Jesus would have a love and a compassion to the seniors and the senior saints. To the black and to the white and to the brown races. To, to different races, different tribes, nations and ethnicities. Jesus included everyone and anyone. No matter the need. No matter the issue of life. You and I need to have the very same thoughts. You and I need to be the very same way that Jesus was. Come on, give me an amen to that. <clears throat> Word of life, it doesn't matter. 
It doesn't matter what, what that person, uh, where that person comes from. It doesn't matter the color of their skin or the level of their education. It doesn't matter where, where they, what they've been through in life. If they, have, if they are free from addictions or if they're still struggling in the, in, in the struggle of it all. And by the way, a little commercial for that. We have a very powerful, amazing Celebrate Recovery ministry here at Word of Life. And should you be someone that does have an addiction and you do want to be set free, I'm telling you, man, this would be the place to go with what we do. I think it's on Tuesday nights. I think you would love it. So I just give a plug for that right now. Listen, I tell you that because God wants all of us all of us to be free of any and all addictions and bondages in our life. Come on, give the Lord a round of applause. He wants us to be free of that. He's a good God. We need to see people the way that Jesus would see people because no matter who they are, no matter who they are, this is what Jesus says and this is what Jesus thinks. This is the person that Jesus died for, whoever they may be. This is the person who Jesus died for. Because greater love has no man than to lay down his life for another, is what the scripture declares. Go with me to Luke chapter 19, verse 8. Jump with me to verse 8 on that. Then Zacchaeus, he stood and he said to the Lord, look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I'll restore fourfold. I will restore fourfold. Who else but Jesus? Who else but Jesus could have, could, could have seen the, gener- the generosity of a greedy man? Who else but Jesus could see the generosity of a greedy man? A man like Zacchaeus. Because everybody, everybody knew Zacchaeus was a greedy man. Everybody knew that. But Jesus saw him as generous. He was right. Jesus saw him with his potential. Zacchaeus gave half of his goods away to the poor and whatever conniving he did, he paid him back four times. Jesus saw something we didn't see. No one else saw. You see, Jesus knows everything about us as people. Jesus knows when a person who is in a, in, in a, in a bind, in a problem, having an issue. Jesus knows how to deliver us and to set us free. Who else, could, who else could have seen purity in a prostitute as Jesus did with Mary Magdalene? Who else could see boldness in a bubbling, a bubbling disciple as Jesus did with Peter? Who else could possibly see the potential in you? In you as a man or a woman of God, as a, an amazing husband or an amazing wife or mother or father? Who could see the potential in you as a business owner or or entrepreneur or a musician or a singer or a teacher or a carpenter or a pastor or a missionary? Who else could see the potential in you like Jesus does? Here's what Jesus thinks when he looks at you and me and other people because Jesus knows this. Jesus knows this. All things are possible with me and that person because of my power. All things, all things are possible with that person and my power. Because with God, all things are possible. There is no limit with God with any particular person. It doesn't matter who they are. 
It doesn't matter what they've done. There is no limit. God doesn't care what their background is like. He doesn't care what they've been through. He doesn't even care what bondage that they're in right now. Jesus could see people clearly. He loved them. He was chasing after them when he was on this planet. And even still, God can today, 2,000 years later, Jesus sees your potential. He sees your influence to make a difference in the lives of others. Because God uses people to reach people. In fact, another time for a commercial, step number two of Life Path, which is just in a matter of a few minutes. Life Path. Step number two is discover your design. In other words, learn how God has wired you so that you can make a difference, a real difference in the lives of others. Because I'm telling you, there's nothing like that. There's nothing like making a difference in the lives of other people. The reward that you feel, the joy that you have. Why? Because God uses people to reach people, especially in this time of season. We are coming to my favorite time of the year, maybe for many of you. And I know a lot of us struggle with it, but a lot of us love it and and really enjoy it. We're coming to this time of year. The last 26 years that I've been here, I want to share with you very quickly. The last 26 years I've been here, Word of Life has been extremely generous. In January of 2001 in El Salvador, there was a 7.9 earthquake uh, in January of 2001. 944 people were killed. 108,261 houses were destroyed. And 585 people lost their lives in landslides. In landslides. uh, That Sunday when I woke up to the news, the Lord immediately spoke to me and told me to take up a special offering. This is on the school side. This is back in 2001. So this is many years ago. And the Lord told me to take up a special offering. We had a young lady by the name of Julie Caruso who was a school teacher at Durgy. She was, she was a music teacher is what she was. She had given her life to Jesus, loved Jesus with all of her heart. And she wanted to sing that Sunday. She just came to church and said to me, Pastor, can I sing this song? I really feel led to do that. And I said, sure. And after you're done with the song, we're going to take up an offering for what's happened in El Salvador. So Julie sang the song, and it was incredible. There wasn't a dry eye in the place. It was so moving and so amazing. And I immediately, with all great wisdom, I took an offering up. $8,000 came in, that offering that we weren't planning on. It just happened. It just happened. It was the largest. And I personally took the $8,000 cash, took it to El Salvador, gave it to the triplet family who were the missionaries there, spent a few days there myself. It was just a life-changing experience. Number two. This happened about, I think the year was somewhere around 2010. I'm not sure exactly, but Souls for Souls. Maybe many of you remember that. We ended up giving away hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pairs of shoes. Shoes that were slightly used and those that were brand new. So on this particular Sunday, it was almost like just a whim off the hat. It had been happening in different parts of the nation. Let's do it here at Word of Life. So we did. If you remember, people brought shoes and bags and bags of shoes. People even at the end of the service and who didn't bring anything took off their shoes and walked out of here barefoot on that Sunday. That's how generous, that's how generous Word of Life is. That's how generous you have been over the years. You as a person having influence in another person's life. It's incredible. It is incredible what Word of Life has done. Today we get to give to a great, great need. And those kids and those people from many different nations that we are serving here at Word of Life, when they receive the gift that we're able to give them over these holidays, 
and it's going to come through one day to feed the world, which is today's special gift. Today we're doing this. This is where we're, what we're looking for. Also, another thing that we're doing to reach families and to reach kids are, is what's called Operation Christmas Child, and you know about that. There's little shoe boxes out there, and you, all you need to do is put some fun in that. Whatever the fun would be, put it in there, and let's ship it off and bless a kid. And are you telling me that when that kid receives that gift, that they're not going to sit back and think, where did this come from? There must be a God? Or are you going to think, oh, who cares? Just throw it away. I don't, I don't believe that at all. I think it's going to change their lives. The third thing that we're going to be doing here at Word of Life is Christmas with the Nations. And we did this last year. In December, we're going to be doing that where we, we are going to help our refugees in central New York. And we give a special Christmas uh, bonus gift to them as well. This is a great time of year to be able to give. And so we're, we're going to be doing that. And that's what this is, this is all about. It's going to have impact, impact on all people. And I, in fact, I believe even for all of eternity. So again, I ask you, do you think, do you really think you could convince me that these kids, once they see that shoebox, they're not going to get excited? Oh, yeah, they are. Once that family receives from our mission celebration the beautiful gifts that they're going to be receiving, them and their families, they're going to be excited about that today. Today, the big one is one day to feed the world. This is who we're doing. This is what we're doing. If you're ready to write a check, in fact, if I could have our intercessors make their way down, they're going to stand along the front here. If I could have our couple who's going to take up the offering, if you'd make your way down. This is a mission offering. You've already given your tithes. This is above the tithe. You don't have to do this. If you don't want to give, God's not mad at you. He's not going to get you back. He's going to love you no matter what. But this is something beyond, above and beyond what we normally do on a Sunday. I'm giving one day's full wage, maybe a few bucks more. And the same would be for you. you that's what we're asking for. And if you don't have a full day's wage, if you want to give 55 cents, or $55, whatever you want to get, it's okay. Whatever you want to do. In just a moment. But if you're making out a check, don't make it out to one day. Make it out to Word of Life because we're going to send them one check. We're, I'm going to ask you in just a moment if you will, uh, in fact, why don't you right now, why don't you all stand to your feet. I'm going to ask you in just a moment to come down and give to one day to feed the world. Give to this mission that we're doing here at Word of Life. And, uh, <clears throat> and while they're doing that, our intercessors are going to be standing here and if you would like prayer for anything, because they're going to do the final song all at the same time. So we're sort of putting it all together as a package to you. You can give your one day to feed the world. You can be here and be prayed for if you need prayer. But please don't leave yet because we're just going to conclude the song and then I want to release you. This is a great day. This is a great opportunity. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for these men and women who throughout the years here at Word of Life, they've been so generous again and again and again. And God, as we consider what's taking place with these kids around the world, Lord, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that we have an opportunity to be a part of that, to not only help them to have some food, but to help them with their education, to be able to help uh, um, uh, them with learning how to farm, helping them to start their own businesses. <clears throat> some of these families in different parts of our world through Convoy, thank you for all of these ways and means of being able to help people to get out of the hole that they're in. So God, we're asking you to take this one day to feed the world offering. We're asking God these dollars these hundreds of dollars and thousands and thousands of dollars that Word of Life is going to give to this. I pray that, Lord, it would have such impact into these lives of these young people, the lives of these families in ways as we would never imagine because it's all about people. You're all about people, God, and we want to be as a person to another person helping them through. We ask your blessing on this in Jesus' name. Come on down if you would, and we're gonna do our last song. Go ahead, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, we've got something really exciting coming up at Word of Life AG. 
Our three-week At The Movies series starts on November 18th, 2018. On November 18th, November 25th, and December 2nd, invite your friends to come to church because we're going to be watching movies in church. We bring out this huge screen, eat popcorn, and learn about the Word of God um, through incredible, relevant movies. So get the word out, invite your friends, and we can't wait to see you there.